Chapter Twenty of Tom of the Raiders by Austin Bishop. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Brett Downey. Tom reports at headquarters. The sergeant with four men came on the double quick and found Tom and the sentry standing in the middle of the road talking. The sentry's gun stood neglected, leaning against a tree. What does this mean, Cummings? demanded the sergeant. Here's one of the raiders, answered the sentry, as though that was enough to account for almost any negligence. And it was enough, for the sergeant forgot the sentry completely. He grabbed Tom's hand. That was a wonderful job you boys did down there, he said. We've been waiting for you and watching all along the line. Am I the first one through? asked Tom. I guess so. Are there any more behind you? I don't know. I got separated from the others. There were three of us, and the other two were captured. Are you sure that none of them reached the line on the other side of Chattanooga? he asked anxiously. We haven't heard of any, answered the sergeant. The whole country's waiting for you, and I guess we'd have heard of it if any had come through the lines. Say, when the news of the raid came out, the North just went crazy with excitement. One of the men added, and I guess the South did some going crazy, too. I have to sit down, remarked Tom suddenly. Sorry, but my legs don't seem to be much good. We've got to be getting on and report to the captain. You'd better climb on your horse, remarked the sergeant. I'll walk the rest of the way, thanks, said Tom. Star's done about enough work for one night. Wait a minute, and I'll be all right. Have a hard time getting through? asked one of the men. Oh, not so very hard, replied Tom. The memory of all the miseries of that long chase seemed dulled in his mind now. The worst of it was that I was wet all the time, wet to the skin. Then I didn't have anything to eat for about two days. Got a little touch of the fever. Psh! exclaimed the sergeant. Say, that's a good horse you've got there. Where'd you find it? Maybe I'll tell you after the war's over, answered Tom. Ah, well, you had luck, anyhow. Yep, answered Tom. He put his hand into his pocket and clutched Marjorie's handkerchief. Yep, I had luck all right enough. I can walk now, I guess. Let's go report to the captain. It was daylight when they reached the headquarters of the guard. The sentry posted before the door watched them approach, then called out. Lo there, Serge. Got a Johnny Reb for our breakfast? Reb nothing, replied the sergeant. This boy's one of the raiders. The sentry's jaw dropped slightly. He stared for a moment, then turned and bolted through the door, yelling back over his shoulder. I'll get the captain out. Isn't up yet. They entered the house, and Tom dropped into the first chair he reached. Sergeant, he said, have one of your men take care of my horse. He can have some water now. All right, Lieutenant. I'm no lieutenant. I'm a private, a raw recruit. Huh? grunted the sergeant incredulously. That's the truth. Well, if you ain't a lieutenant, you ought to be, and I'll bet my stripes that you will be. Hey, Max, you go out there and see that the lieutenant's horse is taken care of. From upstairs they could hear the sound of voices and the scurrying of feet. Presently someone clattered down the stairs. The door swung open, and the captain entered, buttoning his coat. "'Glad to see you, my boy,' he exclaimed. "'Don't bother about getting up. You can go, sergeant.' He drew up a chair close to Tom's. Then, as the sergeant started to leave the room, he said, "'Have my messenger ready to travel. Give him the fastest horse we've got in the place.' "'Yes, sir. Now tell me about it. In the first place, what's your name and regiment?' "'Tom Burns, Private, Company B, 2nd Ohio,' answered Tom proudly. With the captain jotting down notes, he told the first accurate story of the raid up to the moment when they had abandoned the train, then of his own experiences in escaping. "'I finally reached this side of the river on the flatboat and swam ashore. That was yesterday morning. Let's see. Was it yesterday or the day before?' He looked back over the tangle of nights and days and thought for a moment. "'Yes, it was yesterday morning. I'm sorry that I'm so confused, but so many things have happened that I'm all mixed up.' "'I understand,' said the captain." Then, continued Tom, he stopped. 
No, I can't tell you any more. Another person helped me. If it hadn't been for that person, I would never have reached the lines. And if it ever got out, they'd make a lot of trouble for... He caught himself on the verge of saying, Her, and added, For that person. Well, said the captain, that's of no importance to us. It makes no difference. The point is that you're back again. It's of importance to me, I can tell you, said Tom. Hmm, I guess so. All right, Tom Burns. I'm going to send a messenger to get this news on the wire to headquarters. You're about worn out. Sorry that there's just one bed here. That's the one I've just climbed out of, but you're welcome to it. Couldn't ask for anything better, replied Tom sleepily. He arose and stretched his tired muscles. Will you make sure that my horse is being properly cared for, Captain? He's a fine horse. Where is that bed, Captain? It was evening when he awoke, and he remained awake long enough to eat some food which an orderly brought for him. Then, with the intention of getting up after a few minutes, he closed his eyes again. The next thing he knew, it was daylight again. He jumped out of bed and opened the door. "'Good morning,' called a soldier as Tom peered out. "'Have a good nap, young man?' "'What day is this, anyhow?' demanded Tom. "'How long have I been sleeping?' "'Just twenty-four hours, that's all,' answered the soldier. "'Hello, Burns,' it was the captain. "'How are you?' "'Fine, but I'm ashamed of myself for cheating you out of your bed.' "'You've earned a bed, my boy.' Get some clothes on, and we'll have breakfast. Can you travel today? Yes. A message came from Mitchell at Huntsville. He wants to meet you. And so Tom, mounted upon Star, and accompanied by the captain's messenger, retraced the road to Shelbyville, and followed the course of Mitchell's army southward. All along the route, when the news spread that one of the raiders was passing through, they were surrounded by soldiers who wanted to hear the story and to shake hands. Finally, Tom begged the messenger not to tell people who he was, not to mention the raid. "'We'll never get to Huntsville if this keeps up,' he said. It was noon of the third day when they reined their horses in at the outskirts of the town and exhibited their pass to a sentry. "'Let em pass, boys!' yelled the sentry. "'Here's the raider!' They trotted him into Huntsville with the soldiers yelling, and it was all that Tom could do to keep from yelling. Now, for the first time, the full exultation of being back again struck him, but he sat speechless, stroking Star's neck nervously. They pulled up before headquarters. "'Tom!' Tom glanced about and saw Bert running towards him. Bert! Tom jumped from Star's back, tossed the reins to the messenger, and they met as though in collision. Good work, Tom. When the word came, the company went wild. The captain got leave for me to come up here and meet you. Go on in and report to the general. I'll be out here waiting for you. Bert thumped him on the back and started him towards the door. Tom followed the sergeant of the guard into the anteroom and stood, ill at ease, looking out of the windows into the yard until the general could receive him. Presently the door behind him opened, and he turned, expecting to see the sergeant. Instead, it was General Mitchell himself. Tom snatched to attention. "'Welcome back again, Private Burns,' boomed the general. He approached, and their hands met with a smack. The general was beaming. "'Glad to see you, my boy. I'm proud of you. Come in here.' He took Tom's arm and led him into the private office. "'Now let's have the yarn,' said the general, lighting a cigar and leaning back in his chair." Tom glanced about him and saw that the office had originally been a dining-room. The family table, which was strewn with maps, served as the general's desk, and the disorder of the chairs showed that there had been a recent meeting of the staff. On the sideboard were the remains of the general's lunch, which he had just finished. "'Am I the first one back?' asked Tom. "'Yes, the only one who has returned. I had just about given you all up as captured.' "'Then you think the others are prisoners?' "'Afraid so, yes. When it was you—when was it you captured the train?' "'Friday or Saturday?' "'Saturday, sir.' "'Hm, I thought so. "'That was what the reports from the South said, but I couldn't be sure. "'And how was it you didn't take the train on Friday, as we planned?' 
But perhaps you'd better tell me the story right from the beginning. Once again, Tom started with his departure from Murfreesboro and told in detail of the movements of the raiders. The general listened intently, scratching down occasional notes. Presently he arose and spread a map before them. Then, with their chairs close together, the general and the private traced out the course of the raiders and the progress of the locomotive race up to the point where Andrews had given the order to abandon the engine and scatter. Hmm, if he'd only stopped a fight. At the tunnel, say, remarked the general. That's what we wanted to do, answered Tom, but he wouldn't. Of course, said the general. We have to remember that Andrews was not a soldier. He was a spy, and accustomed to another way of working. Too bad. Luck was dead against you, I'm afraid. The general leaned back again and looked at him narrowly as he told the story of his flight from the hotel and across the Tennessee. Tom continued. I would have been captured surely if it hadn't been for a certain person who took care of me and gave me a horse. The whole countryside was getting up to search the woods for me. They were bringing the dogs out. Then I got the horse. We cut through the fields ahead of them. That's all. I raced until I tumbled into the arms of a sentry. The general drummed on the table with his pen and emitted great puffs of smoke. Hmm, he said. Hmm. Not entirely successful, but a great blow at the South all the same. I'm proud of you, men. Burns, mighty proud of you. He was silent for a moment. Then, I'm going to recommend you for a commission. Thank you, sir, gasped Tom. You've earned it. You can go up north for training and join us again later, a lieutenant. How you like that? I'd like to have a commission, of course, but... But what? Why, you see, General, I'm nothing but a recruit. I've never even worn a uniform. What? exclaimed the General. Tom told him how he'd come to take part in the raid, how he'd been sworn into the service just before his departure. Well, said the General at last, that really makes no difference. You're officer caliber, and that's enough. All the same, General, I think I'd like to go to my company and get some experience. Company B is in the fight now, isn't it? Experience? exclaimed the general. Experience as a soldier, I mean, Tom replied. Of course, of course, the general answered, laughing. Yes, Company B is in the fight. All right, my boy, all right. We'll send you there for experience. And then north you go and learn the business of being an officer. Thank you, sir. The interview was at an end. They stood up and shook hands. Tom suddenly remembered Star. By the way, sir, he said, a private doesn't generally have a Kentucky thoroughbred, does he? Not generally. Well, sir, I have one, but I guess the time for Star and me to part has come. Will you take it? The person who gave Star to me is a good northerner. The, the person would be proud to have the horse ridden by a general. Do you think that the person, the general smiled, would be any prouder to have a general riding the horse than she, pardon me, than to have you riding it? I don't know, sir, replied Tom with a grin, but I know she'll be mighty proud just the same. All right, my boy. The general called one of his aides and instructed him to see that Tom reached Company B. They shook hands again, and Tom walked out of the headquarters building to find Bert waiting for him. The railroad raid had ended. End of chapter. Recording by Brett Downey.